0: So this morning, I wanna put this question up on the screen right here on the back to start us off. What are you thinking on? What are you thinking on? What is controlling your thoughts? Because I started off this very morning with Paul's words out of Philippians, and I wanna read them again. Philippians 4, eight says, Finally, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, can I ask you something? Think about this. Do you have anything in your life right now that is excellent? And I can guarantee you, every single one of us in this room, no matter our financial situation, no matter what our marriage situation, no matter if our kids are driving us crazy, no matter what tomorrow looks like, I can promise you there is something inside of you that God is touching that is excellent in your life. Go ahead and let the Holy Spirit just bring that up. See, if we're not careful, we just fall into default. And we go through the motions every day. Monday looks no different than Thursday. Friday, we get a little bit excited because the weekend comes. But then we hate Sunday because Monday's coming. And what happens is we get into this cycle. And if we're not careful, we're going to be just like the frog in the boiling water. I've never eaten frog legs, but they say to cook a frog. and Some of you down here in the country know how to do it. you got to put them in the pot while the water's cold. And you got to turn the water up slowly, right? Because if you throw the frog into the boiling water, what's going to happen? He's going to jump out. He's going to know immediately that this is something that's not good. So what they say, never done it, but what they say is that you got to put it in there when it's cold and turn the heat up, and you can boil that frog because he will continually get used to the temperature of the water. Guys, that's what's happened to us. In the day and age that we live in, we've just sat here in the cold water at the beginning, but now it's boiling hot, and we don't even notice the difference. See, we don't notice the fact that we go through sometimes weeks without ever thinking on anything that is lovely or admirable or excellent or praiseworthy. And so I hope that question's still up on the screen. If it's not, I want it to come back up because I want you to think about what is it that you think on? If you're sitting there struggling, you're like, oh, I don't know. Let's just do a little exercise. We got time this morning. Pull out your phone. Go ahead and do it right now. Let's just take this time and pull it out. I don't know what kind of calendar app you use. Go ahead and pull up your calendar. And for those who don't have a calendar on their phone, I'm jealous. Go ahead and pull it out and look at it. Go ahead and look at your calendar. This right here is going to be a pretty good indication of the things that you think on. Now, I know all you men in there have love on your wife, bless her with flowers, write her a card, sing her a song, write her a poem. You guys are awesome. But this is a very good indication of what you think on. And if you don't have a calendar, go scroll through the front page of your apps on your phone. Your most important apps are on the front page, aren't they? What are they? Stock market? CNN, Fox News, your choice? What are you looking at? So whatever you're looking at here is probably something that you're thinking on. (laughs) It's funny when my little kids get a hold of their mom's phone, they don't touch mine. That's why I don't have a cover on it, because my kids don't touch it. But they get on my wife's phone and they start to put on these games, thousands of games. Once in a while I'll grab my wife's phone and I'll play them myself. What are you thinking on? We have to be intentional. That's the word, intentional. We must be intentional on the things that we think on. Three things I want you to write down today, and you're going to leave this place. God, the Holy Spirit is going with you this week. I promise you. Even if you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he says that you don't have to fear any evil because I am there with you, okay? So no matter what this upcoming week looks like wherever you go, I want you to be reminded that God, the Holy Spirit, is going to be with you. And so why do I say every time that I'm up here, please take out a pen, take your phone out, write these things down, because this is not the only time that we are in God's presence. I believe that there are men, adults in this room who are going to be alone at lunch this week and we're going to stumble upon some notes that we took on our phone. And you and God are going to spend some time thinking about what we together talked about here this morning. We must be intentional with our environments. That's the first thing. Did you know that much like the frog in the cold water that boiled him to death, that's how many of us are in the environments that we are in today? Look at this. Paul writes this, and I love, love, love this. I'm so glad Paul wrote this. Galatians chapter 5, I want you to look at this. Galatians chapter 5. Listen to this. In Galatians 5, I'll start reading at verse 15. Galatians 5, 15 It says, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, that's where we are today, church. I'm sorry. This is a hope-filled message, but we've got to talk about some truths and some facts. But where we are today is that we are living in a day and age where the water is starting to boil and we don't even notice it. Can I tell you something? A goal that we have to have as a church is that you and I have to look different than everybody else around us. Wherever we go, guys, we have to look different because Jesus said that we're the light of the world. I can dress like this, I can wear a t-shirt, and I can have a crazy haircut, but I have to look different because of the God who lives inside of me. And so when I show up at the ball field or the basketball court or I show up wherever it is in this community, I am the light of the world. That's not an option. But my friends, we have to be intentional in the environments that we are in. If we ever want this to be shifted in the culture that you and I live in, the church of Jesus Christ, the Christian church cannot be a place where brothers and sisters are biting and devouring each other. It can't happen. Paul's having to write to this early church in Galatia, and he's saying, hey, guys, remember Jesus? Remember how he changed my life? Remember that we're, we're willing to die for Jesus for what he has done for this world and everybody? Remember, we started this church and this gathering, and we're all together together? I don't know what's come into the place, but we can't be talking and biting and devouring each other. The world wants to do that enough. And Paul wrote about it. He says, guys, that is not an option in this place. And in this place here, in this very church, this little church in Wahlberg, God is saying to us, no more. Hey, Christian, follower of Jesus, we Do not live in an environment where it is okay to devour each other. We've got to be intentional with the environments that you and I live in. And when I walk into an environment, I don't care if it's at a school or it's my workplace or if it's a restaurant or if it is an arcade, wherever I go, I am the light of the world. I've got to be very intentional In every environment that I go into. Paul goes on and he says this. He says, watch out or you'll just be destroyed by each other. Notice that he said you'll be destroyed by each other. And I'm going to move on from this point. He didn't say Satan and evil and the people who are trying to take out Jesus and Christians. No, he said, you'll destroy each other. That's got to be eye opening. It's almost 2020 in America. America most free country in the world where we get to worship Jesus anytime we want. And I believe that this is still true, that we Christians are devouring each other. Hey, can I just say this? Not here, not here, not in this place, not in this church, okay? Seriously, if you want to talk and devour and bite and see destruction, then this is not a place for you. It is a place if that's not something that is a part of your new nature and you're you're trying to shift into the God, person, man, woman that he's created you. I want this to be an environment where that can't even come into the front door. See, here at the end of this service, you don't know it yet, but let me just jump to the end of it. At the end of this service today, I saw about 40 or 50 hands that went up that need encouragement. Not only are we going to be intentional with this environment and everywhere we go, but we're going to be very intentional with our words. And so if you're a person who needs encouragement here, we're going to be so intentional with our words at the end of this time today, we're going to give encouraging words. And we're going to say things under the influence of loving Jesus to people in this very room. Paul goes on here, same chapter 5 of Galatians so he says, so I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. Verse 17 says, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. He says, they're in conflict with each other so that you do not know what you want. Man, Here's what God wants through you. He wants you to recognize that you have him living inside of you. And wherever you go, whatever environment, you have the power of God to influence it. I see little guys and I see students around here. You guys have God inside of you. Every time your foot touches that floor at your school, God has entered that school through you. The darkness in your environment doesn't stand a chance to the God that's in you. Doesn't stand a chance. I think on a very rare occasion, very rare, very rare, there may be a time for you to change environments. Very rare. I just happen to believe that God and His sovereignty knows where he has placed you. So some of us may say, Well, man, a place I go to work, or I mean, it's so dark. I just happen to believe that God's probably sending you there to be the light. So if that's you, it's not change your environment, it's recognize who God is in you and go be the light of the world. But we are going to be intentional in every environment that we go. Because I believe in every environment that God has placed us, there is a reason and a cause and a purpose to celebrate the goodness of God. Scott, I just don't have anything good to celebrate. Let me ask you this. Did any of you notice the sunrise this morning? That's God. He's praiseworthy everywhere we go. Second thing is this, we're going to be very intentional with our thoughts. Think on these things. Paul said it. He named them out. Whatever's excellent, whatever's pure, whatever's praiseworthy. He said, think on these things. Don't be afraid. Just allow the Holy Spirit to just right now truly bring to mind some of the things that you were thinking on earlier in this service when you looked at your calendar you looked at your phone what are you thinking on i don't believe god created any single person that his son jesus has saved and the holy spirit is feeling to have a mind that is perverse Amen? I I can't speak from the women's side because I don't know how their mind thinks, but I know from the man's side in this room, listen, he did not create you to be destroyed by your thoughts. James chapter 1, I think it is, and this isn't going to appear on the screen. This is truly, the Lord just told me to read this to you. It's in James chapter 1, yeah, verse 13 Again, it's not going to be on the screen, so just listen. You can write this down and read it for yourself. James 1, 13 says, When tempted, no one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Verse 14 says, But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Can I just tell you that that is the flesh? That is not the Holy Spirit-filled life that God intends for you you and I amen listen we are not controlled by our thoughts he says he gives us how it actually works it starts here and it starts to give birth and it's finally conceived and that is when it becomes sin amen in the room we have to be intentional with our thoughts I don't have to give my thoughts life There are probably some thoughts in my life that I need to give straight to God. So men, just the men, again, I don't know how you women. You women, I know don't ever, you're perfect in all your ways, right? Trying to lighten the mood in here. Some of you laugh. Somebody please laugh. Thank you so much. When the thought enters the mind, because James is writing there that it enters the mind it can die there in Jesus name it does not have to give birth which produces sin in our life we men and women and teenagers and young ones we have to be intentional with what we think on scripture actually says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16 It says that you have been given the mind of Christ. I want to let that just sit there. Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. So what's this look like played out? If there is ever anything that tries to birth in our minds that we know never birthed in the mind of Jesus, then God has told us that we too have the power through the Holy Spirit to not give life to any of those thoughts. See, what happens is the water just starts to rise in temperature and we don't even notice it. I'm saying Holy Spirit would you please let us know when the water temperature is starting to rise? Because I believe in many of our thought life, I believe that the water's boiling and we didn't even know that it was raised one degree. You have the mind of Christ. You can think on the very things that Christ thought on. Our minds can be focused on God the Father. And we too can be just like Jesus when it says that Jesus did not do anything that the Father did not tell him to do. We can obey him that way. That is going to yield a lifestyle that is going to be recognized by many in our community. You see, that's the light of the world. Jesus did not say one thing that his father was not saying for him to say. And so you and I, today and tomorrow and into next weekend, we're going to be intentional with the way that we think. I love this passage. I love this. probably... Besides John 16, this is probably one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and it comes from Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to read a few verses. I just challenge you to spend some time reading Colossians. Third chapter is probably one of my favorite chapters. I'm just going to read a few verses here. I'm going to start in the first verse. Colossians 3, 1 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Let your hearts set your hearts on things above Can I tell you, hey, God, what does that mean for me in my life? What does that look like on a day-to-day basis for me, God? Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5, listen to this. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, Evil desires and greed. Can I tell you that we live in a culture today that the temperature has been turned up so much and it's been done over such a slow, intentional pace by our world and just Satan. That Guys, this is something that we hear in church. And sometimes when we read this, we're not even bothered by it. He says, you guys got to put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self, what we celebrated here with baptisms today. You've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. What we are to be looking like are people under the influence of God that are being created to look like Jesus. And it's a word that we don't use around here very often, but it's the word holiness. We are to look set apart from everything else around us. And I believe it starts with being very intentional with not only our environments and not only in the way that you and I think, but my friends, we've got to be intentional about the way that we speak. We've gotta be intentional with our words. And so I'm gonna ask right now, just practical stuff. This week, let's take this. This week, Holy Spirit, would you please help us to be intentional with our words? Like I wanna do an inventory. I don't like, my mind doesn't work this way in spreadsheets and numbers and columns and Excel and all that stuff. I hate it. But you know how I take an inventory? God has made me a person who feels like I am sensitive to you. I could spend a minute with you and I could be sensitive to what is going on probably inside of your head. I know when I walk into an environment and it's dark, I feel. Feel through the Holy Spirit living in me. I feel it. And so I know that if I'm going to be intentional, maybe you're like me, I'm not going to produce a spreadsheet that'll run all these crazy numbers, but I will have a sense when my soul is empty or it's full. I want us to take inventory. This week, let us put it into practical application. I want you to do whatever it is you do to line up with your personality. I want you to be aware of the words that are coming out of your mouth. Are they praiseworthy? Are they pure? Are they light? Are they life-bringing? Man, I, I see so many people in this room, and I call you friends. I want this so bad. Not only for me, listen, me. I want it for you. I want you influencing those environments. And I know that it's going to be done in a huge way in the day and age we live in by the things and the praiseworthy things that come out of your mouth. I don't care if there's nothing to praise. There's nothing to praise. If nothing has been good and you're a dad in this room, your children being your children is praiseworthy. I know they came home way later than they were supposed to. Yes, you're grounded forever. Yes, you're going to pay me back that money you lost. Yes, you're going to fix the car that you broke. Yes, but you're still my child. That's praiseworthy. And listen, young parents in the room, the sooner that you can start doing this with your children and speaking these words, the healthier your home is going to be. Listen, if you're an old parent like me, it's not too late. It's not too late. We've got to be intentional with the words that are coming out of our mouth. I love this. You want to test? You want to test the waters? Jesus said it perfectly in Luke 6. I'll just turn there and I want to read it to you. Luke 6. Listen to this. This is Jesus saying it, not me. I'm just reading what Jesus said. Luke 6, oh, this is good. Luke 6, 43, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Did you hear that? The environment that you are called to influence, the light that is going to be coming out of you, God designed you, he created you, he put you right into where he wants you. It is going to be influenced by you and the God inside of you. And he says it right here, and you can't argue with it, I don't think. He says, the good man brings things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Listen to this, for out of the overflow of his heart... The mouth speaks. We gotta be intentional with the things that are coming out of our mouth. And in just a second, we're going to be very intentional with allowing God to search our hearts. Because if there is nothing but darkness or negativity or harshness coming out of our mouth, it's not that you say things wrong, it's that there's something wrong in our heart. Because Jesus said it. From the overflow of his heart, the mouth speaks. Guys, I don't, I couldn't tell you. If I would have known this, If a man of God or a woman of God or a teenager in my high school would have come to me and said, hey Scott, the reason that you have so much rage is because there's something wrong with your heart. You can play it off and just say, oh, you're a jerk or I got a short temper. No, if someone would have come down to me in love and they'd have said, hey, Scott, man, listen, I love you and I see all the potential in you. You're an amazing person, you really are. But the reason that there's rage and anger in your life is because there's something missing in your heart. See, I don't think it's love that keeps us from not telling some people that. I don't know what it was in my life. Maybe I wasn't unapproachable. Maybe I was was arrogant and had it all figured out and no one could tell me anything. But I wish somebody would have told me. Hey, dude, the reason that you fly off the handle all the time. Hey, Scott, are you listening to me, man? Listen, I see the gold in you, dude. I see the gold in you, Scott. Scott, you can be an amazing, and you fill in the blank the reason that you're raging is because there's just something in the heart. And then they could have told me about Jesus. And so let me just say this because I know rage. I know anger. I know it. I know it. Okay? If that's there, Jesus said that there's just something off with our heart. And I'm here today loving you enough to tell you, hey, if things come out of your mouth that you know are not of the Lord, if there are days where someone as simple as pulling out in front of you causes you to lose control of your temper, then there's just something just off. Nothing that's like, it's not, listen, Jesus has already done everything to take care of that. Okay? I love you enough to tell you that. Hey, teenage men in the room, I used to think it was cool to get mad and scream and break and cuss. No. What it shows is that I have something that is missing, and his name is Jesus, in my life. I know God is sovereign, and maybe he and I will get to talk about this one day, but I will ask him, because this is always on my mind, God, why did I not know then what I know today? I'd have loved to have gone through my teenage years knowing what I know now. We have to be intentional with what comes out of this mouth. And it doesn't start here with our vocal cords, it starts with our heart. And this is for somebody in the room. (laughs) James, James, this is so good. Listen to this, James chapter one. Mm. Where do I start with this, Scott? Maybe it's here. James 1. 19 says this. My dear brothers, my dear sisters. Take note of this. Everyone, that's all of us, should be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. If you don't know where else to start. If you're a Christ follower in this room and you don't know where to start, that's a great place to start. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be coming. I guarantee you every person in this room has something that is praiseworthy. I guarantee it. I want you to leave this place today thinking on just that. I want our homes to have more celebration in them. I want our homes to have more parties. Doesn't mean it needs to cost money. I want our homes to have more celebrations. I want our workplaces to have more celebrations. I want your life to look way more celebratory than it ever has in its past.